so here we are again. Soldiers of Hell. First Blood. Part 2. How could it be First Blood 2? Third Blood. That's right. I Like you said before, I know what you did last summer again. I still know what you did last summer. Should be I know what you did two summers ago. Yeah, if it's set two summers it later. It is, because it's like at the end of the first one, she's at college the following summer, and it says, I still know, in steam on the showers. Yeah. See, that's an, another way of lazy sequels, isn't it? And it's a particular B-movie trait, I think, is that they'll kill the murderer at the end, they'll shoot him, go and get the cops, he's here, <gasps> the body's gone. And that's, I think, is it the Halloween series, not Halloween? How many of those have there been? Halloween, one, two, three, is no, is it? I get confused between Halloween and Friday the 13th. Ha- Halloween H20, that's set 20 years later. It's not the 20th film. Yeah, that's right. And it's got Jamie Lee Curtis in it again, hasn't it? Yeah. And it's one of them. It's either Halloween or Friday the 13th, where the third third one is nothing to do with the prior stories. I think it's Halloween. It's like Halloween 1 and 2 deal with Michael Myers. Am I right in that one? Mm. Yeah. And the third one is called Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, and it's nothing to do with it at all. <laughs> it's, it's almost like it may as well have been a separate film on its own. Then they bring Michael Myers back and there's all that sort of stuff. But I think that there's one of them where he gets stabbed with a knitting needle, shot, set on fire, kicked out the window... The doctor turns up and they look out the window and the body's gone. Yeah. And it's a trace of we'll do it just so we can get crowbarring another sequel. Speaking of crowbarring in sequels, what about Jason versus Predator and... Jason versus Predator. Alien versus Freddy. Just unnecessary. Um, I can see the point of Alien versus Predator in that there was the comic book and the is it novels they've been and a lot of fans were clamouring for it. They wanted it for a long time. When it turned up, it may not have been what they were expecting or what they wanted, but there was that pressure for people for it to be made. Whereas with Jason versus Freddy, or Freddy versus Jason as it what turns out, it doesn't really do anything that it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a Freddy versus Jason versus Mike Myers film. See, I don't see how that would work because Freddy and Jason are both supernatural figures, if you like, especially Freddy. But then Michael Myers is just a serial slasher, which again is a subdivision of the film. The slasher movie is, is different to a horror film. Yeah. It's more reliant on shocks and, to an extent, gore, Then there's no supernatural element to it. I think you can normally tell what grade of film a film will actually be uh, based on the title itself. Freddy vs. Jason, if they're fighting themselves, you wouldn't expect many human casualties. Or what there will be will be marginal to the actual fighting between them. And if you think that just B-movies in general usually have titles, thinking about Snakes on a Plane as an example you know would not make the title of an Oscar-winning movie. No, Snakes on a Plane pretty much says it all, doesn't it? You don't need a summary. It's the Ron Seal school of filmmaking. Absolutely. But for a B-movie, when I think of B-movies, I always think of them being black and white. Because I think I've got that sort of 40s, 50s, Plan 9 from Outer Space B-movie thing in mind. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? No. Have you ever seen Ed Wood? No. You know, I know that's about the bloke who directed... That's right. ...that film. Yeah. What was his name? Edward. <laughs> yeah. It was Edward, yeah. <laughs> Edward Wardwood. What was his Woodward. name? Is it Ed Wood or Edward? Because <laughs> I've never seen it written down. I've only ever heard it it's talked about. Ed Wood. Right, OK. That's uh, Edward Scissorhands, man. Johnny Depp being directed by Tim Burton. What a shocker. Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter. 
Helena Bonham Carter is Tim Burton's wife, isn't she? Correct. So he uses them over and over, doesn't he? Quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost as though he's got an interest in. What about rip-off films? Films that are trying to cash in on other other films that are blockbusters. It can often be called B-movies, such as Orca the Killer Whale, starring Richard Harris. No, no, it's, it's you've done it again. It's Orca dot 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 Killer Whale. Ah, right. It's not the Killer Whale. It's not like um, Tarka the Otter. <laughs> Orca the Killer Whale. That sounds quite a nice character, doesn't it? Yeah, I but, think it is. It's not. It's Orca Killer Whale, which is superfluous because an Orca is a Killer Whale. Yeah. But yeah, have you, um, I've, have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. It's shocking. It's I think it's like from '77 or something. So when was Jaws out? '76. Probably. I won't be surprised. I'm sure it's the Jaws bandwagon. It must be because you don't suddenly have another film like that. And it also goes to the in the opening scenes. It's almost as though it's saying, "Yes, we're better than Jaws," because they've got a great white shark trying to attack a bloke. And then they've got the worst cutting of actual sort of natural history footage of a killer whale swimming in one coloured water. Then it hits the shark that's clearly now a false shark and possibly even a false killer whale in a different coloured water. Reversed footage of a great white flying out of the water <laughs> and then it falling back in. And it's like they've cut together the worst bits of footage that they could find. Yeah. So it's like, no, this orca whale has killed a great white. Orcas are better than great white sharks. Jaws, you loser. It's even got the token Irish sailor in there. Richard Harris is actually Irish in real life. And he's still doing the worst Irish accent imaginable. I'm going down to call this real whale. Very But it's, yeah, the bandwagon things. And I think... Something that's occurred to me as well, and I don't know how prevalent it is now, but certainly when I was growing up, and I think it was just an 80s thing with the is the sort of category labelled as video nasties. Yeah. Those sort of ultra-horror, ultra-gory, off-the-back-of-the-evil-dead type films. Things like, I think there was one called I Spit on Your Grave. Yeah. It's one, is it called Cannibal Holocaust? Something like that. And all those sort of, they were banned for years and years. It was only about two, three years ago they were allowed to be sold, isn't it? Yeah. And that was a whole... And they were clearly almost ultra-B movies that their story was so weak they had to rely on just gallons of gore. But nowadays, that breaks into the mainstream. Think of Hostel and, and Saw. It's, and it's the gore that sells it, yeah. I think, yeah, 15 years ago, they would have been classed as video nasties. You wouldn't have gotten released. No. But it's because people have become so desensitised to it that it's ridiculous. I haven't. I um, I haven't seen Hostel. I don't want to. Um, one of my mates has seen it and he says he didn't he didn't think it was that bad. All oh, right. But then again, I know he watches with his girlfriend a lot of gory horror films. You know, they watch all that sort of Hills Have Eyes, that sort of thing. Yeah. And it's just, he's probably not, doesn't think much to it anymore. I don't mind comedy gore. No. In fact, I quite like that. I think it's quite good. But if it's gore because it's generally meant to be nasty... And it's supposed to look like the reality of what that would look like. I don't quite see how that's entertainment. Have you seen any of the Saw films? No. Apparently in the second one, there's the blo- a bloke wakes up and he's got an x-ray of his head and there's a key to a door and he's got to get out of the room or a bomb's going to go off in the room and the key is behind his eyeball and he's left with a knife and he's got to cut his own eyeball out to get the key. 
from inside his skull to get out. And to me, that is like gore, for, pretty much for the sake of gore. I don't like things with eyes. Eyes is a really touchy thing. Have you seen, there was that film years ago, it was about an alien abduction, supposedly based on a real case. No. And there's a bit where the bloke's tied down, well, I think he was strapped down on a table, like an operating table on the alien craft, and a big thing comes down, and it keeps extending and extending, and until there's a needle, and it's like a centimetre away from his eye, and then it goes in. Ah, it's just horrible. If it's got eyes in it, I'm not happy. Even something like Clockwork Orange, the scene where they're keeping his eyes open. And I've not seen the Clockwork Orange. Um, I'll make you one if you like. I would actually like to see a Clockwork Orange. <laughs> I don't know why, why it would be Clockwork. Why does it need to be Clockwork? I don't know. Why is it um, called a Clockwork Orange? I don't know. Have you not seen the film? Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Why is it? It's based on a novel, isn't it? Yeah. So presumably the novel might have the answer. Clockwork Orange, Craftwork Pair. Okay, Clockwork Orange, why is it called Clockwork Orange? I've no use for one. Not a Clockwork, a clockwork orange. orange, no. A stationary one's quite fine. I'd rather have a juicy one. Well, absolutely. You don't want to bite into an orange and have all gears and cogs and things, do you? That's a waste of cog. It's, it's a waste of an orange. But we've touched upon the video nasties. Is there an equivalent of that today, do you think? Or is that whole idea of something that's unviewable or should be unviewable, has that been surpassed by the internet? Internet. Or is it the internet? What? Is the internet a video nasty? No, not is is that the equivalent of a video nasty? The internet? Yeah. The <laughs> modern equivalent. Is it the equivalent of a video... In the way that people say, oh, you can't have this, so people would go out and get, you know, these dodgy copied videos. and Because that was it. The format, if you didn't want to get something officially, you'd get it on a VHS, wouldn't you? Yeah. Whereas now, there's the internet. Or has the internet negated the need for that classification? Because if you want something, you can get hold of it. Yeah, probably. That's my intelligent comment on that question. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah fair enough. That's it. <laughs> Dumb dusted. Soldiers of What films that don't have sequels would you like to see sequels to? Um, American Pie 6, Baps Out for No Reason. That's probably what it would be called. Yeah. I mean, when you're calling the fifth one The Naked Mile, you're already Which is just some clutching at naked straws. people running for a mile. Yeah. Again, taking it from the Does What It Says on the Tin. School of film naming. I would, as long as I could be absolutely guaranteed George Lucas wouldn't be directing them, I would like to see Star Wars 789. That's a risk. I know people have said that the biggest faults of the prequels, if you want to call them prequels... I'm happy for that tag to be used for now. ...was the fact that George Lucas directed his own films. But what if it strayed into the hands of a crap director? You would have to be assured that it wouldn't be. Is it Spielberg directing Star Wars would be the ultimate, really, because... The thing is, you need someone who's as passionate about the stories and familiar with the universe as George Lucas is, so you get the detail and the, the sense of scale. Yeah. But you need someone also who can direct. This is going to be controversial, and I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me. Star Wars is the worst of all six films, episode four. I don't like it. The only bit that's worth watching in it for me is Alec Guinness. Comes second to last for me behind uh, Phantom Menace. The worst bit of Phantom Menace is the speeder race. That whole section where they're sort of stranded and they find Anakin, it just drags a bit, and you know it's just a device to bring him into the story. They could have just nicked him or kidnapped him. Mm. There's no need for that whole scene. It is just a set piece. Isn't it to prove, though, that he is a remarkably able child, though? Possibly, but I thought it was... 
if he wins the race, he can go with them. If not, then it's something to do with the engine pieces as well, isn't it? Because Greedo's involved. Yeah. But yeah, there's that. But I just find um, episode four a little bit dull. And I think it gets duller after they've rescued Leia in the first place as well. Because up till then, it's a perfectly serviceable princess trapped in a tower story. Yeah. But then it starts to drag a bit where they're getting the background on the rebellion. And they're all joining up. And they get... And the attack on the Death Star goes on too long. You know that anyone else going to fire the torpedoes down the exhaust that isn't Luke is going to get shot. Is this because you've seen it so many times? You've seen the sequels, the prequels. You know all about the Star Wars universe. And therefore, now you're just a little bit bored of it. No, because I think the first time I I had no interest whatsoever in watching Star Wars when I was little. My brother, who was probably about 16 at the time, he would watch it like on Christmas Day. And I just was bored by it. But the only bit I ever remember seeing is the bit where I think Luke is just... They're all gearing up to go off to attack the Death Star. And they're all in the orange jumpsuits. And it's it's a bit of a dull scene. Mm. So maybe that's just rubbed off on me. Personally, one of, I think my favourites would be Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, Episode 3, 2, 1, 4. I don't, I don't know my order. I think it changes depending on what kind of mood I'm in. If I want good story, then I think probably I go with Empire. But if I want just mental amount of lightsaber fighting, I'm going with Episode 3. Episode 3 is, yeah, it's pretty good. I think it's just kind of a fanboy's dream in terms of lightsaber fight. But yeah, it's what you've been wanting forever. You want to see that fight between Anakin and Obi-Wan. Yeah. And people always have an argument of Han Solo or Luke Skywalker. Yeah. For me, it's in the third one. That's where it swings it for me. Luke, when he's in Jabba's palace, is just... He's become cool. He's so self-confident and, you know, that's it. He takes down the entire ship on his own, more or less. You said that you would like the sequels to Star Wars if George Lucas wasn't directing them. Yes. Okay. The only only one of two that he hasn't directed was Empire Strikes Back, which is arguably the best film. But I think some of the things that make that the best film are not the fact that it was a different director. I think it's the story, yes. which George Lucas wrote, obviously. And there's little bits in there that... You could argue that it's the director that got the performance out of the actor, but in some ways you could argue it's just the actors themselves. There's a famous bit where the scene where Han Solo's getting taken away while he's about to get frozen, Mm -hmm. and uh, Leia says to him, I love you, and he replies with, I know, which is one of the best scenes and lines in the film. That wasn't written in the script. Really? That was, he said, I love you too. And the director insisted on doing multiple takes of everything and he did that take so many times that Harrison Ford just got pissed off so we said I know that's amazing because he was fed up of saying the same lines over and over again that's absolutely amazing that's also that reminds me a little bit of the story of uh, the Italian job yeah it wasn't supposed to be that line I think it was just the sound of the explosion shocked Michael Caine that much he went further than what the script called for so it was meant to be, you're only supposed it, to blow the doors off. I don't even know if it was that. I don't. It's something like that, but it probably, probably was, yeah. You're just supposed to blow the doors off. Also, David Prowse, who played Darth Vader, mm. George Lucas didn't trust him to not give away the plot to the public, and therefore, in his copy of the script, he said, no, Obi-Wan is your father. And then when he turned up to the premiere, and James Earl Jones had dubbed it, and he said, 
Luke, I am your father. So did all the characters get the same script then? I don't know. Because otherwise it wouldn't work, because he must have done. Because otherwise, when David Prowse said to Mark Hamill, Obi-Wan is your father, he'd be like, hang on a minute, that's not what it says in mine. Yeah. Or maybe they were all briefed. Possibly. Who knows the workings of George Lucas's demented mind? Apparently David Prowse was also upset that he didn't actually get to be the actual voice of Darth Vader. Hasn't he, is he like a Geordie or something? Or West a Country, I think. No, it wouldn't work. It really wouldn't work. Luke, I am your father. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't work at all. I have them now. Oh, to easy. It's getting more and more inaccurate as it goes on. It's all turning into Sean Bean. <laughs> but other films that I'd like to see that were never made. It's been talked about a long time now that an Alien 5 will be made. What would happen? I don't know, but I think it's that <laughs> I don't. I think it's that just that curiosity of the original trilogy is basically that's the story and it finishes there. And some people hate Alien Resurrection. I myself think it's probably my second favourite one. I like it up to the point of seeing the Alien. I can't really remember what happens an awful lot, but there's a strange kind of mutant alien at the end. Is it like it's, half human, half alien? Or it's because. They've resurrected Ripley, but she, but they've sort of twisted the DNA. So she is human with alien characteristics, but the alien queen has got human characteristics. So now, instead of dropping eggs and face huggers, she gives live birth to actual aliens. Right. And it's that white alien thing yeah. that comes out, and it recognises Ripley as its mother, not the alien queen. And it's there it starts to get a little bit too... Uh, for me, Too it's much. just the design of that alien, because it looks a bit like a puppy dog. It doesn't look... No, and apparently... Is it H.R. Geiger, the bloke who designed the original alien? Yeah. He um, absolutely fumed when he saw it, because in, in an interview I've seen him, he said, they took my alien design and turned it into shit. I mean, literally, it looks like a piece of shit. I think he's Swiss or something, so with the accent, it was great. Do it. They took my alien design and turned it into shit. I mean, literally, it looks like a piece of shit. I've never met a Swiss person in my life. Sorry, I have. I've met one, and he spoke with perfect English with no discernible accent. Soldiers of hell!